Welcome back to another thoughtful episode of the Christian Contrast Podcast, where we talk about the ways in which Christ calls us to live differently in the world around us. My name is Garrett, and today I'm joined by Pastor Phil. How What's you doing? What's up, dude? Not much, not much. And Dan? Good to be here. Yeah, as usual. And so today, uh, Dan's going to lead us through what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so we we just started a series, um, as we're recording this, we just started a series where we're trying to prepare for the end of the pandemic, which in many ways sounds great. It's like it's all good ahead, but I was trying to think of an illustration of of why we see danger ahead also. And the best, I know for, for me and you, Phil, it's been a little while, for, for you, not quite as long, but I was thinking of getting ready to go to college. It's like when you're getting ready to go to college, especially if you're gonna be living there and living in the dorms, it's like, it's all good. Everything is good about this situation. But if you were wise, you'd recognize there's also a little bit of danger ahead. Um, that there's the danger, if you're a believer, that there's the danger that if you're going to somewhere that's not a Christian school, your faith might be under assault. And so you can think, all right, I, I wanna prepare for that. I wanna think about how I, I don't just get into a situation where my faith is assaulted. Um, if you're thinking about it physically, everybody knows the freshman 15. So you might say, all right, I, I want to be wise. And maybe I'm I'm going to set forth a plan where I only have sodas on two days a week instead of two sodas every lunch and dinner. Not that I did that. <laughs> um, and, and then you might even think academically, like, all right, I'm not going to have my parents telling me to study. So, so you could look at it and say, this is really good. This is a really, really good thing getting to go to college but there's some danger and it would be wise to have a plan because if I don't have a plan, who knows what's going to happen. And I think that there's something similar as we're, God willing, moving towards the end of COVID being a major factor in our lives. It's like, it's all good. Everything is good about this change, but there's also danger. And the the main way that there's danger is that there's idols that we got separated from when the whole pandemic started. And now those idols are coming rushing back. Mm. And many of us are tempted to rush right back to them. So we want to talk about this very practically. We want to talk about how we prepare wisely for the end of this. But I thought we'd just start by talking about, um, we, we might have some similar things, but we might have different things in our heads as far as what are the dangers that lie ahead as the restrictions of COVID loosen and as COVID becomes less of a factor. Um, I thought, Phil, maybe we can just start with you. Yeah. What dangers do you see ahead as we get ready to enter into a new phase? Yeah, we actually had a really substantive conversation about this this past Sunday in Life Group um, after uh, the sermon this past Sunday. And we all did a little bit of brainstorming about this question. And so we were thoughtful about, okay, what is it, um, what is it that I consider to be a loss um, from a year ago? And if I was, you know, just thinking, we're all thinking personally. And one of the things that I, I landed on and sort of talked about with, with the group was, well, um, and Dan, I think you'll know this. One of the things that I loved to do that I have not done because movie theaters have been closed is Thursday night was my night, huh. right? So Thursday night is the end of the week for folks who don't know. Thursday night is the end of the week for the for us here at church, and we have Friday and Saturday off, and Sunday is the start of our week. And so Thursday night was my night. I had my AMC Stubbs card. And so on Thursday night, Amy would go to bed around 10. The kids are in bed at 9. 
And now I get to have my evening where I would go to the movie theater and then I could see a movie of my choice by myself. And I always look forward to that. And some folks might think, why would you like to, why would you want to go to the movies by yourself? I actually prefer in some Mm. cases to go to the movies by myself and experience a movie by myself that maybe my my family or or friends don't want to watch. You don't have to answer questions the whole time you're watching it. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, And I really miss that. I really miss that time. And I, I, I had to sort of thoughtfully consider, well, was, was that a form of idolatry in my life? Um, and, and I don't know that I decided that it is a form of idolatry, but what's important about that is that we specifically took some time as a group and as a family to then be able to talk about, to, to just reflect, to take some time to reflect on, these are old habits that I had, um, were they getting in the way of my relationship with God? And then what are some of the new habits, the new healthy habits that we've actually created that we can work to incorporate into our lives once we are back, to be intentional about making sure those things stick around? And Amy, my wife, brought up something I think that was um, uh, w- was key in our discussion. To me, it was it ended up being the thesis or the foundation for thinking about this. Um, do I feel like I deserve hmm. something? Do I feel like look at what I've been through? Look at all the loss that I've had. I deserve to A, B, C, and D. And I think that's to me the thesis because it speaks to the condition of my heart when I'm standing in front of the Lord or when I'm praying, you know, that 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 Lord, I've gone through so much pain that I now deserve A, B, C, and D, and I'm going to run riot as, as much as I can. And to me, I think that that's, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good start to be able to reflect on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a great key question as we think about that. Um, Garrett, for you, what comes to mind, just potential dangers that you see ahead as we get ready to celebrate, but also to prepare well? Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, I, I think it's something that we've all talked about and something that we've talked to families talk about. It's definitely kind of that that overcommitment and that over-involvement. And I think that, you know, it's easy to fall into, I have two young kids at home, like how important it is for them to be in all the right things so they, they're set up for life. Um, and the next thing you know, you fast forward 10 years and every night of your week, you're in some type of practice, you're spending your summers, um, you know, at, you know, traveling team sports and things like that. And I, I was a youth pastor for 15 years and it, and you know, for families who are really involved in church, it can be, you can see kind of the detriment of someone kind of checking out from church involvement for months at a time. And, and even the effect that that has on your family, when are you eating dinner together as a family? Uh, when are you spending time uh, going through some of the spiritual disciplines, you know, and, for me, I'm kind of at that early stage. You know, my kids are only four and eight. It's like, what do I want them to be involved in? And before the p- pandemic, it was a handful of things. You know, there were girls, there was some dance class, and there was some some musicals they were in. Of course, all of those things stopped, you know, when COVID. And it gave us a chance to reflect on uh, the value of, of spending time together as a family and really viewing those things as optional. And... You know, it really kind of made all the families, you know, in your circle kind of um, a level playing field in the sense that 
you're no longer looking at the family whose the kids are in all the music lessons and the sports lessons and getting perfect grades and finding time to go on vacation and whatever you can think of and looking back at yourself wondering, are you somehow not doing enough? Mm -hmm. But instead you had to internalize like, what is the health of my family relationships? Do we all feel seen? Are we all fully present? Are we spending time on our phone? Things that you probably would have never had time to think about uh, a couple of years ago because you were too focused on your schedule and things to do. And I think we've talked about a lot as a church for years how God is in the empty space. It's in the, 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 the cushion that you make is the time that God can speak to you and the time that your kids ask you questions. But here's the interesting thing. It's something that I did not anticipate, and I, I spoke with Ann about this earlier, is there has been a hit on the solicitation of, of my kids mm -hmm. where they're four and eight and they weren't involved in all those things. Now there's some separation anxiety and there's a real temptation. I'm like, just go on all the things, be in all the <laughs> things for the next six months or the next year. Because in some sense, that might be the thing that they need most right now. But that still comes from a family who's really cautious not to be getting overcommitted. So, you know, what I'm concerned about and my fear is, is the families who, were, who really were overcommitted in a lot of things they may have fears that their kids are behind academically and socially and um, athletically. They might double down on some of these activities and find themselves not just where they were before the pandemic, but in a worse place than Absolutely. they were before the pandemic. Yeah. No, those are good. I'll share a couple, and then I hope the three of us can really dig in and try to give some some practical guidance on this. But I did something that I don't normally do in this this last sermon, which is that um, I, I had some examples of idols, and I intentionally gave a different one to the online crew than the in-person crew. Not to totally stereotype, but I felt like, all right, I think that there's something that the average online viewer needs to hear that maybe the in-persons don't, yeah. and there's something that the in-persons need to hear that maybe is not, a, not as many online people do. And so for the online crew, I talked about the fact that there's different habits, especially if you've been more cautious in this, there's different habits that we've gotten into that you may assume this is as soon as a vaccine comes, as soon as, you know, the economy is open, as soon as this, I'm just going to stop doing this. And it's just not going to happen. Um, if, if you have been in the habit of you rarely leave the house, you have not been back to in-person anything, let alone in-person church, you know, in-person in classes for school, things like that. Um, the assumption that there's going to just be a quick switch flipped and you're going to do that again is almost certainly not true because of habit. You know, we, we are good as human beings at telling ourselves we're doing our things for doing things for noble reasons when maybe we're not. So we're like, I'm doing this because I care about other people. And it's like, nah, maybe you're doing this because it's easier to stay in your PJs than, than go out. And then also within that, there's just our, our instinct towards safety. And I, I know there's different, that there's a continuum of, of how we treat safety versus living in fear. Um, but when we've got the habit of saying, let me just be on the safe side, um, there's always going to be a danger. That There's the proverb that talks about the, the sluggard saying, there's a lion out there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of comical, like, I'm not going to go outside because there might be a lion that gets me. It's, it's, not, it's no way to live. But I think we've kind of gotten into that. So I think that the there's people there's a warning for that to say it's not going to be a quick transition. And then for those in person, I, I warned about the idol of control, which I know for me, this is the one I feel more deeply. Um, I, I feel stirring up in me. I can't wait till nobody's telling me what to do and I get to do what I want. I'm in charge of my life again. 
not the president, not the governor, not the CDC. And, and that is where I'm seeing idolatry most manifest itself in my heart. Um, and just the foolishness of thinking I was ever in control or that it would ever be good to aspire to be making decisions unilaterally. Um, it's, it's foolishness. It's not Christ-like. And I don't think that I'm alone. I know enough people mm -hmm. that I, I know this is a trend, especially if some of us that have been less cautious um, of saying, I want to get back to living my own life, making my own decisions, carving my own path. Um, so taking some of this in and knowing there's lots more going on. There, we, we named some great examples. There's lots more going on. Let's just talk about how do we prepare? Um, you know, talking, we're, we're talking to families that that are resonating with what you said, Garrett, that are saying, yeah, we, we want to reacclimate our kids, but we don't want to overcommit. Um, we're dealing with the things you talked about, Phil, where, all right, I got activities that I really like, but is this about me? Am I feeding into what I deserve? Am, am I feeding into my laziness? Am I feeding into my, my narcissism about being in control? What would be some good practices if people say, I want to prepare instead of just falling back into this? Um, maybe we'll start with you again, Phil. What comes to mind? Yeah, I think it feels like the the natural antidote to all the loss is what you talked about, Garrett. The natural antidote is we lost all this time. We lost all these activities. Let's jump into them headfirst as fast as possible and fill 2021 with as much stuff as we can. And we've had those discussions at home. We're having it a little bit at church, feeling like as soon as we have the opportunity to create community, we want to jump in and create as much community as possible. And um, I as I was reflecting on this podcast before we got here, I sort of uh, thought about Ephesians 5. And mm -hmm. Ephesians 5, you might think to yourself, if, if you know the chapter, you're like, well, that's the chapter with the laundry list of sins that Paul talks about. And I just want to pull it up briefly here. Um, you know, in the first part of Ephesians 5, Paul talks about, hey, um, we've been forgiven, so you should forgive. And then he does. He goes over um, uh, several sins, sexual immorality, greed, um, improper... Uh, uh, any any kind of impurity. Um, and then he says, um, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place. And then as he talks about these laundry lists of sins, instinctively you might think, well, his antidote to that is going to be obedience to God. But he doesn't use the word obedience. Um, in verse 4, he says, but rather thanksgiving. He, he uses thankfulness hmm. as the antidote to all those things and then later on as he continues as he get as he makes his way towards verse 20 he talks about drunkenness don't get drunk don't party hard right and then he finishes off in verse 20 by saying always give thanks to god for everything mm -hmm. and i think that this idea this word this sort of biblical um sort of encouragement or mandate to be thankful i think is very very important during this time where it is it's so easy to sit back and say, look at all that I've lost. I deserve all these things in 2021 and beyond. It's easy to forget that as much as we feel like we've lost, that a part of keeping things in perspective is remembering and trying to reflect on the people that have suffered more than you. We were just talking about your friend in Michigan with a church a large church in Michigan, not knowing if they have even been back inside or if they can be back inside. All the folks across the country who've either lost somebody or who don't have the ability to meet inside or meet for church just because the weather is too cold. Mm -hmm. Guys, we live in California. 
And we've been able to consistently meet. And we've had some wonderful, wonderful moments outside underneath that tent. And for for the most part, I think we're talking about this last week, Dan, we have had great weather. Mm -hmm. We had some wind last week, a little bit of rain one day, didn't stop anybody from coming to church. And we've been able to grow in God's word and worship together as a community. And, and that has not stopped. And between all that time, if, if my family didn't get to do A, B, C, or D that we had planned, we live in Southern California and got to go to the beach and we got to go for walks and we got to do all these wonderful things. And we've been trying to exercise putting things in perspective in our family, knowing that so many people across the country don't have the opportunities that we have had. And so to me, that is the key word, is thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and specifically, uh, one thing I forgot to mention about Ephesians 5 is that Paul mentions thankfulness as the antidote to idolatry. He calls mm-hmm. all these manifestations of sin a form of idolatry as we get to, I think, verse 7 or 8. And I love the idea that scripture is reminding us that thankfulness is an antidote to idolatry. Hmm. Yeah, that seems like a huge part of the framework that you just identified. If we are being thankful, that seems like that's gonna frame us to be able to look with accuracy and perspective about these decisions. That That's gonna kill the entitlement that you talked about right, right. there. I've gone through so much, I deserve this time for me time again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what would you like to add, Garrett? Yeah, I like that. It really addresses you know some of the things that you're experiencing. And when I think about the fears that I have in my family, one of the things that I think of is that we can't be afraid to be different than what other people are doing. I mean, the spirit of this podcast is um, the Christian contrast, a way that Christ calls us to live differently. And there's going to be probably seasons coming that we look at how other families are living their lives, what they're feeling like they're entitled to uh, what they fill their calendar with and really possibly being challenged. Should we be like that? I know that because my kids, those are the things that they're concerned about. My friends are doing this. How come I'm not doing that? You know? And when I think about, you know, Romans 12 too, you know, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Another way to, to, to think about renewing your mind is changing the way that you think. And we have to change the way that we think about what God is calling us to do as families and, and, and really what is important, you know, it's a sensitive subject, especially done youth ministry for, for so long, you know, how important is, is my students athletics versus my students involvement in church. And I have this joke that uh, one, one of my former students uh, was draft, drafted to the Miami dolphins, but of all the students that I have, it's just one, you know, <laughs> and the amount of students that, uh, that played sports really hoping for that. But I think that we really need to, to really change the way that we think. And something that's part of my testimony, something that I carried for a long time is when I was in high school, I was in varsity water polo and swim. And unfortunately, we didn't have a pool. So our practice was, it was every week from 6 to 9 p.m. Well, youth group was Thursdays from 7 to 8.30. And so I either had to, to bow out of, and those were two different seasons, fall and spring. I either had to bow out of youth group for the majority of my school year or not go to practice uh, once a week. Well, to earn your varsity letter, you only you could only miss one to two practices a season. And so I never earned my varsity letters because I decided to go um, to youth group and be a part of that and be involved in that. And that was really hard. And my, my coach is like, that's a mistake. 
my friends on the team are like, that's a mistake. You know, even, even people in my family are like, well, you're not going to get your varsity letter, you know? And, and I really had to change what, what I valued. And I feel that now as a parent, there's going to be pressure to, to, I mean, my, my daughter, all of her friends are going to maybe, or most friends are going to be in, in something. And not that that thing is bad, but I had to make a decision, especially coming out of COVID, learning all the things that we learned by having this space in our lives. Should they be involved in that? And I think for those families that I know of that've got you know two or three kids all in sports, all in different schedules, the things that maybe the ways that they've grown, the amount of time that those those children have had with their parents are going to be at risk of of being overly committed. And 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 those are that's a difficult decision to walk through. But one thing we have to be aware of is is not just doing it because other people are doing it, but instead be okay with we're making a different decision. And what that does do is open up opportunities for conversations with our kids. Why are we not doing those things? Why are we not going here? Why are we not spending our money on these things? And because God has called us to think about it differently. Yeah. Yeah, one passage, and it, and it relates to stuff both you guys said, but especially stuff you were saying there. Um, but one passage that's been on my mind is the beginning of chapter 12 of Hebrews. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And it talks about, you know, it gives the running analogy. It talks about what hinders and the things that entangle, the sin that entangles. So it's like, all right, we 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 all know there's sin that gets in the way of us living fully for Jesus but even mentions there's other things, there's just hindrances, um, that this is part of what's gonna be, probably by the time we air this, a, a sermon that people, God willing, will already have heard. There are other questions, there are disputable matters, there are gray areas for Christians, but that doesn't mean we just say, it's allowed, we'll do it. It means we look at it and say, there's a bigger thing that God has called us to do, and we wanna get rid of every hindrance. Mm-hmm. Um, like you'd think of, I, I'm not a big runner, but I know that some people who, get really into running will um will run with the weights on their ankles to make their legs stronger but when they're in a race they're not wearing the weights on their ankles you can't do that and so thinking of us when when we think of entanglements it's like when when covid happened and the shutdown happened a bunch of entanglements just weren't an option you know i i had the stubs thing also mm-hmm. with amc loved it enjoyed it um i've been talking to my my buddy who i used to go see movies with and we're both like we're not sure. We're not sure God is calling us. Like it's allowed. It's clearly not forbidden in the Bible. But is that an entanglement? Is that something that's going to get in the way, um, both with time, with focus, and even with money? Um, this is something that I think families and and couples should sit down and talk about. Um, the time thing for sure. The the time commitment, but also. There are many people across the world and across our country that COVID was a financial hit for them. Mm-hmm. There's some people in our church that that's true of. My experience has been that for the vast majority of the people part of our church, that has not been the case. Um, the, the Lord has been really merciful. And sometimes because of the stimulus stuff, we've been like, we actually have more money because of the stimulus stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have more money because we can't spend money on going on vacations and Dodger games and movies and all of that. And so just even thinking financially to say, God God has given us this money to be used for the kingdom. How much of that are we going to rush back in when we haven't had these as options? 
Um, and the same with the time thing. We haven't had these as options. What do we want our lives to look like? There, there's not going to be a better opportunity than now to form what Jesus is calling us for our lives to be like. Because if we rush headlong back into financial commitments and time commitments, it's going to be hard to get out of those. You can get out of those, but it's easier to say we're not going to enter back in or we're going to enter back in minimally. You know, it's one activity per kid per year, or it's, yeah, we're, we're going to go to a lot less things, or we're going to, we're, we're going to keep this money going to this mission organization and we're going to figure out our budget around that. Um, but I think it, it requires a sit down and, you know, if, if somebody's listening to this and, and you're not married and you're kind of more on your own with these things, I would say, you know, sit down with the Lord, but also sit down with a friend and just say, I'm trying to figure this out. What do you think? Um, if they're a good enough friend, you might even open up your budget to them. Be like, this is what I spend money on. Um, I, I think I think this is not going to happen without intentionality. And I think that there are some things, if, if we're doing this, especially if we have kids, there are some things that the kids may be mad about. Um, you're the parent. Get over it. Mm-hmm. If your kids are mad at you, join the long line of parents who have had their kids mad at them. There might be some things that you need to say, I'm sorry, we're not going back to this. There's something that's more important. Or there might be something where you say, similar to what your example, Garrett, to say, hey, you're going to be involved in this, but not to the degree that it's going to interfere. We're not doing tournaments on Sundays. We're not doing, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, be, be willing as a parent to endure your kid's wrath because you're pointing them to something that's more significant. Um, I, I think there's such a golden opportunity here. It would be so sad if we missed it and we found ourselves just as busy spending money just as flippantly. And then we're trying to pull ourselves back out when God's given us this quasi clean slate before we're entangled again. Um, so yeah, I encourage just sit down, pray, talk about it, get specific. Um, in the same way that if you're going to college and you're like, I don't want to gain the freshman 15, dude, going with a plan, like you, it's going to happen if you don't go in with a plan. And we have sort of some fair warning on this. We can go in with a plan. And Dan, I think that's a, that's a really wonderful summary. And, and I want to just add briefly that, um, if the thesis, I don't think the thesis of our podcast here is that if you're trying to plan a vacation this year, that's bad. Or if you miss a week of church, that's that's bad. That that's I don't. That, that's certainly not what I'm trying to communicate. For sure. Um, there's there's many of us who are, are are thankful and open to the opportunity to do some things we weren't able to do in the past. That's not inherently a bad thing. What we're trying to do intentionally in my family is is realize that if if a we can start with a foundation of thankfulness and gratitude, which is by the way really attractive mm-hmm. to people, if we can start there and th- we have the opportunity to this year plan a vacation for our family or take the kids to Disneyland when we had to miss it last year. The hope is, is that the things that I took from this time would not disappear. And that if I can, and, and you're right, Dan, many of us have been financially blessed during this time, which means that if I can, if I have the resources to take that vacation, then I probably have the resources to find a couple small businesses in my life to be able to support. Um, I probably have the ability to look into different missions organizations in addition to LBF that could use some of that blessing that God has given me. Um, If I have the extra time to be able to plan a vacation, maybe I have the extra time to volunteer at UCRC. 
um, in our family. Amy's a social worker. She started working with UCRC this past week because the kids went back to in-person school. Now, maybe in the past, when kids were going to school normal and there was no such thing as in-person school because all school was in-person school, that opportunity may have not occurred to her, but now it's there. Um, In addition to that, we're so thankful that we have the ability to attend church. We, uh, the kids are now, um, I, I think Dan, yours might be as well, um, volunteering on Sunday morning for, um, for Life Kids. And um, it's been wonderful for them. And so my, our hope in our family is that if we can see a blessing and recognize it and call it out and be thankful for it, we can then physicalize an opportunity to give on the other side. And that's the model that we're trying to walk in, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, I love it. It's it's well said. Um, and there's obviously a lot more to be said on this. In some ways, this is God willing for many people listening to this. This is an impetus for more discussion. This is an impetus for talking about it. This as life groups, talking about this as families, as friends. Um, as we look ready, as we get ready to celebrate, is it gonna? Isn't it gonna be great when we can? Um, let's be asking the question, how are we preparing? Hmm. How are we seeing the danger, identifying the danger, identifying the opportunities and preparing well as believers just for something that we want to celebrate, but something that we want to live well in. Um, and for any of you listening, we'd love comments, questions, feedback um, as we dive into this discussion that um, who knows how many months it will be over before we kind of feel like COVID is not dry much of what we're doing anymore. It may still be a while but we want to prepare well. And so please do leave comments and questions. We'd love to engage on that. Um, and we'd also love to see you and hear from you when we do future episodes on this, which you can find on our website um, and often on our Facebook page also. So Phil and Garrett, thanks so much for spending this time talking about this yeah. important topic. Um, and thanks so much for those of you who are listening. We'll look forward to hearing from you next episode. Thanks.